0: Where am I? This side. side. Where am I? This side. Where am I? I'm uh, still in Mexico. This is going to be less of a a current event podcast. Because I want to talk about sex. Because I want this to be a uh, real autobiographical project I want to actually speak my truth to those who are capable of listening or care or both so today I need to talk about sex sex and intimacy sex and intimacy And how these things have been dealt with in my life, which have been fucking difficult for me. Yeah. And, um, I think I'm just now at age 70 starting to kind of, uh, unpack what exactly is the reason for all that. I have to go back 60 years, yeah, as a kid in Ohio, long about 60 years ago, I don't know exactly when it was, but, um, I was a kid in Ohio, and, uh, a very uh, difficult and shame-ridden event occurred in my life that, uh, I keep thinking about, and that I think has affected me uh, in intimacy and sexuality ever since. I was the eldest in my family. So it was me and my parents. And then I had a little brother who, around this time, was probably about, what, four years old, maybe little, little kid. So up, uh, we lived in a sort of suburban area in Perry Heights, Ohio, in between Canton and Maslin. And my dad uh, worked in the steel mill, and my mom uh, was a clerical worker in the same kind of businesses usually. And um, my dad worked swing shifts. He would work uh, Day turns one week, like you know, all day long. Then he would work afternoons the following week, which means he would go in uh, in the afternoon and work into the evening. And then there was a midnight shift where you went in in the middle of the night and worked all night long, and then you supposedly slept during the day. This is in Ohio in the uh, 50s where there was not really common air conditioner in air conditioning and we didn't have air conditioning let's put it that way so we lived in this little ranch house um, tiny uh, small house with uh, three small bedrooms and I'll probably go by there when I'm in Ohio if I actually go to Ohio on this trip Uh, but We lived in this little ranch house, so that meant that, uh, you know, when Dad was sleeping during the summer, during the day, you kind of had to be quiet uh, because Dad was supposed to sleep so he could go in and do go to work the next day and uh, keep everything rolling along. So uh, around this time I was, uh, you know, since I was didn't have any older siblings. I guess I was interested in older male companionship in some way and uh, kind of uh, inserted myself into the lives of um, some older boys who hung out in my neighborhood. Uh, Now, Woody Wilson, this is the guy's real name, and I'm going to use his name just because, well, because I can Woodrow Wilson, yep, like the president. He, uh, they lived up on a hill up behind my house. And, uh, thinking about it later, I guess he's about six years older than me. So, you know, kind of four to six years anyway, significantly older, you know, at least to a uh, little kid, like a 10-year-old. So, um... I start hanging out with, and I'm very proud because I get to hang out with this older boy and his other older boy friends, and uh, you know, it was a, 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 it was in that way uh, a wonderful thing for me. It felt wonderful for me. It felt like I was, you know, included with with the uh, with the cool crowd, and um, well, I really like that. You know, who want who doesn't want to be cool? I certainly wanted to be cool. So I uh, was, you know, hanging out with the older boys. There was an incident that uh, occurred. Uh, a friend of mine had a house up around the corner, not far, like half a block up around the corner. And uh, at the end of his house, behind his house, was a a big apple orchard you know a few acres i guess of uh, of apple orchard and uh, his dad worked the orchard actually he, uh, picked the apples and i think they made some cider and stuff like that anyway his dad had another job but he also had this orchard Uh, Behind the orchard was a woods that led to uh, Sippo Lake, which was at that point undeveloped. There's uh, houses all around here at this point now, and it's been, uh, you know, turned into roads and housing, like everything else. But at this point, in the 50s, early 60s, it was all woodsy back there. So uh, this is the scene. I'm, I'm with the older boys. And I'm at the end of the, um, of the uh, apple orchard, way back in the back of the apple orchard, uh, far from the house, and where the woods start. And I'm in the middle of the boys. This is the picture I have in my mind. I'm in the middle of the boys, down, like, kneeling. And they are around me. Maybe there's three of them. And I'm being encouraged to put my, uh, one of the boys' cocks into my mouth. Presumably everybody had their you know, cocks out. And hard, no doubt. So um, I'm being encouraged to uh, blow one of these boys. And at this point, uh, out of nowhere, somewhere from the, uh, the woods, some uh, little girls have shown up. And uh, they uh, see this. And I don't know who these little girls are. To, to this day, I don't know who these little girls are. But anyway, somehow, maybe they were angels. Who knows? Maybe they were satanic uh, cherubs. Uh, at any rate, I was uh, we were discovered. And it was told. I don't know which line of telling it went to, but eventually... I guess rapidly, my parents found out about this. So, the next scene is uh, me and my parents in the split in the um, ranch house on Westland Avenue in Perry Heights, Ohio, and we're sitting in the uh, little uh, kitchen there, and they're asking me um, if I put anyone's pee pee into my mouth. And, uh, I'm denying and denying and denying as if, you know, I don't know. And probably, uh, standing up a little. Probably at this point, um, I can kind of testify that, yes, I don't really know what happened. Whether I put the pee-pee into my mouth or not. Ah, but of course that was the angle. That's what was wanted. And, uh... At any rate, I was probably told it was alright to tell, blah, 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 I don't know what exactly went on because I was just in a rage of shame and concern about this and, uh, and that remains to, to uh, this day that I, that I uh, you know, I was ashamed and I was ashamed in, in association with my cock And I was ashamed in association with my sexual desires. And uh, was I being used by the older boys? Probably. Is this uh, sexual assault and uh, rape? Maybe. Um, Is this uh, pedophilia on the part of Woody Wilson and his cohorts? Could be. It's funny, like, uh, his, his Facebook page even to this day, or recently when I looked at it, has him in a sailor outfit with a bunch of little kids around him. So it's like, gee, huh? it's like a, a, a casting call picture of, a, let's get a pervert, let's, uh, let's and let's make him look like one. So, you know, he puts this photo on his Facebook that makes him look... Like what I'm kind of assuming he was, because uh, of what went on with me. Now, many years later, my dad said, uh, "I guess we we're somehow we talking about this." My dad said that he'd caught us another time in the um, in the, in a, a shed that was in the back of the Wilsons property, which was adjacent to, to our property, they had a big hill, which we'd uh, sled ride down in the winter and stuff like that. It was a really cool hill that was right there and right nearby, and that let us uh, sled ride on. It had a bump part way down, so it was fun. And um, there was a uh, shack there in the back, apparently, for a while. And uh, I guess Dad found me and Woody Wilson back there fooling around at one other point. so Now, where does it leave me at age 70 years old um, here in Spain <laughs> drifting around the world with kind of a, a, a strange bohemian life Uh, behind me of uh, not really having a career, not really being, uh, you know, not having stable relationships that last uh, for, you know, 50 years or whatever that can often go on with uh, people my age. So um, it has left me with a confusion about my own sexuality. Uh, It has left me with a fascination about this particular scene about oral sex with other people watching. Um, It has left me with a uh, feeling that I have some kind of uh, bisexuality because I do seek out this oral sex with other men in in anonymous situations. So, um, it, um, the ramifications of the scene just go on and on. I'm afraid of intimacy. I don't trust other men, I think, because of this uh, situation or, you know, whatever lifelong situations. I don't trust other men and I don't trust the man within me. So I don't want him to be, you know, associated with uh, what was done to me, I guess. I guess I see that same kind of lust and uh, willingness to do, you know, whatever to someone else to to satisfy one's own needs um, within me, this male uh, sexuality thing. So... So I uh, have a hard time dealing with my own sexuality, which ended up affecting my most recent relationship, of course, because you know when a man came in who uh, could deal with his sexuality and was happy and proud of it. Well, that 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 showed me that you know I wasn't really up for the game, and that was kind of the point where I really bowed out of it all. So, this is where I'm at now. Sex now? Well, do I even like sex at this point? It's been a very mixed bag for me. For decades, forever. I don't know if I like it or not. Sometimes I just uh, wish that it would be over. I've been wanting that to uh, be the case for years. I just wanted wanted it to be not an issue. Um, the sex drive. And it's not like I've been, you know, a complete horn dog or a, a, a total sexual compulsive. I can get sexually compulsive when I have my binges on pot. It seems to uh, loosen up that, which means that I'll. Uh, that would be more when I would venture out to a uh, pornographic bookstore. Like in uh, New York on um, First Avenue, there's a place I would go where uh, you pay 15. Well, it used to be 10, now it's 15. At least the last time I checked. And you go down into the basement, which is, you know, just a fucking basement. And uh, other men come down there. in sexual activity with one another and I like to do these kind of things sometimes mostly when I'm very high because it looses me loosens me up and gets me into a very sensual zone now uh, it turns out that I'm not poorly equipped I, I look good I mean I have an attractive cock okay and when it's erect, it kind of comes up as a, you know, little curve and, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, a white boy, Ohio, um, circumcised and all that. So, um, and I was sitting on some ants. So I, um, I like to show off in these situations. I like to tease, I like to show my cock, you know, often to older men, and, uh, you know, for for years uh, less stuff would go on, it was mostly this exhibitionism. There used to be uh, movie theaters around Times Square area. That would show uh, porn features, and like there would be, a the Hollywood Twin on Eighth Avenue. There would be a, um, a a you know gay films on one side and straight films on the other side. I kind of preferred to watch the straight films when I'm jerking off and showing myself off, uh, anal sex and films until more recently between men has been not very appealing to me but now i've sort of okay uh, i can kind of accept it a little bit but uh, i've never been fucked um so at any rate uh i used to go to the there and 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 the hollywood ones that were closed by the giuliani and all that stuff so um I used to, uh, jerk off there and show myself and, uh, you know, you, there would be like a couple seats and they would look at you and, uh, it was all very, I mean, one guy offered stuck out 10 bucks one time. I, you know, my chance to be a hustler. I don't know what he wanted for his money, whether he intended to suck me or, uh, to jerk me off or whatever so I've been very careful in these situations not not full-out sex Uh, actually only more recently in the past couple of years have I actually really engaged in much more oral sex in these situations beyond just the teasing and the show aspects of it I guess, I don't know, willing to to take the risk or willing to fulfill this fantasy that I have. I mean, this is the scenario where I'm being seen sucking other guys off in this public situation. So it's kind of like the uh, apple orchard, only with uh, approval and official sanctioning and it, it's all okay, and I'm in control, and I look uh, like I'm doing something cool, and it's envious or something. And uh, yeah, I mean, in, in the annals of, uh, what, sexual assault, there are situations, I guess, where people try to correct it. Redo the scene. Let's redo the scene and this time I'll be in control and this time it'll work the way I want it to work. Well, maybe that's what I've been doing. I don't know. So there has not been any particular recovery from this uh, incident. It has just, you know, penetrated my life. It probably has something to do with my marijuana use or abuse at times. Where it's too much, it has to do with my shyness. My shyness in business and everything else. I'm afraid, the the reason I have no intimate men friends at this point in my life. I really have no men friends. A few women, who's who I talk to. And, um, because I don't trust them, I guess. I think there's something as sexual in the background. I think they're 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 either gonna want me or su- suspect me or something. And then, uh, then with dealing with women, then I'm the man. Then I'm put in the position of uh, questioning myself and my own sexuality and my own uh, impulses and my own uh, desires and my own ruthlessness. So it sets up a whole pattern of distrust in the self, in others, male and female. Can this affect business? Sure. Networking. Connection. With people who don't have real jobs like I've never had or like seldom had. I've just didn't done this and that. Uh, showbiz. I remember I was a, being a PA one time uh, in the 80s. And, you know, and I was still an attractive young man first in New York. and I was working at uh, the Plaza Hotel. I think the movie was Big Business. And uh, they were doing a shot where somebody comes out the door. Anyway, there was a guy at the Plaza Hotel who said that he was the uh, producer of the Fantastics that was still running that at that time, down on Sullivan Street in Greenwich Village, had been running for I don't know fifty years or whatever. Anyway, he invited me down to, um, you know, come come see uh, come see the show, and you know, uh, as if he was kind of considering to cast me in it because of my look. Well, I never went. Homophobia. Could be. At another movie, I think it was in a Laurel and Hardy movie, I happened to sit beside a writer. Not the one, uh, the two-part uh, couple team that wrote about Eugene O'Neill, but another guy. Schaefer was his name? I don't remember right now. Um, I sat beside this guy who was the a biographer of Eugene O'Neill. And we talked about Eugene O'Neill a little bit. And he invited me out to his place in Brooklyn. I dropped that one too. Homophobia. Not being good enough. Being just scared of people. So, you know, in... in when you do things in business with you know, like a freelance thing, you have to be connected with other people. You have to you have to know people. You have to get out there. I mean, I could have probably been a, a TV star or whatever had I applied myself to these kinds of things, and had I not been afraid of other people, men, women, and mostly myself. It's about six in the evening now, and I'm uh, back in the house in my room. It um, kind of gets hot here in the afternoon. Um, the sun comes into the uh, porch and really heats up uh, solarly, and it's a little hard to get rid of that that heat. I don't have any windows in my room. I mean, I have a, I have a window and a door, uh, a window with a screen on it that goes into the rest of the house, which is kind of odd. <clears throat> Usually the screens just are in the outer-facing windows, but in this house, there are several indoor windows between one section of the house or one room or another, and uh, the windows uh, have all have screens on them. I asked uh, Dawn about it the other day, and she said, "I don't know. There's the strangest things about this house. I would probably remove them if I was if I were her." So I was thinking about this story I was telling you earlier. And really how happy I am with uh, this form of uh, autobiography and of telling my story right now, uh, which is, say, audio uh, story, speaking over, uh, like, can you imagine uh, me trying to make a movie of what I uh, just told you? It, it's not possible. This is not about pictures. And so my, much of my life is not about pictures. It's about my thoughts and uh, things that happen, memories. Right now, most of my life is about memories and pictures and um, rehashing things. So I wanted to say in this piece is that... Um, when I talk about bisexual uh, inclinations and leanings, you know, I, I tend to want to get really specific about it. So, uh, you know, I... I you know, and, you know, which would, in a, in a way that kind of backs me away from <clears throat> from gay, male gay culture. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with that, like the old Stein, Seinfeld,. Um, but uh, just because just as an, as an, an identifier and that's we so easily fall into these uh, stereotypes of what people are like, uh, based on a larger grouping and a wider shot and a, um, you know, more broader, concept of this is a woman so therefore she is uh this is a black person therefore uh, this is you know so this is a a a, uh person has same sex so uh what is he like uh well i'm not attracted to men for one thing so i've never had a boyfriend I've never wanted a boyfriend. I don't uh, resonate that well with men. Um, well, I guess I'm, you know, have this phobia about it from this incident, but, uh, I don't find, uh, homoerotic things particularly erotic. They don't, you know, they will not really work for me. Um, You know, the the classic uh, West Village um, mustache, uh, you know, 70s look I never found appealing at all. Um, Yeah. So, you know, it's just about actually a lot of my showing off in these situations... And, um, you know, me interacting with, with uh, them. Um, and and uh, I, find I, can, I can be, attra- I can find that part attractive, <clears throat> specifically. Yeah. Like a man who only wants a woman for her pussy I have the uh, inverse when it comes to men. I mean, not that I'm out a uh, horn dog chasing people. I'm not, I'm not uh, I never hit on people. I I uh, use uh, attraction in these uh, settings where that's what is going on. So I just wanted to put a a finer point on that. Um, yeah, I, I don't pursue men particularly. Now, you know, I, I've been using Tinder and and things and, you know, I, I, I left it open. So there are men and women that come through and that I like and who like me back. Actually, there's a guy down here, uh, a young Mexican who uh, we liked one another and actually did a little bit of messaging. And, uh, you know, he acted like he wanted to get together with me, you know, for sex. And he looked pretty good. And I'm in an exotic country and up for adventure, so I would probably try to do that. But he kind of... uh, It's his turn to hit the ball. So... That likely won't happen, but you know so that's what's what is going on uh and then this uh something like this to happen is uh, is a uh a representation of of uh you know the end of a line of a long more repressed <clears throat> situation with it all where you know nothing like this has gone on before <clears throat> I've never uh I've never had a, uh, a a Tinder date with a man that went through um, or was even you know so yeah I've never had a Tinder date with a man. There's been a little bit of flirtations, but that's about it. Where I have had a Tinder date with a woman here in Mexico, actually, and and another time too uh, in New York. <coughs> Both of which were fine, but I don't know if that's in there going anywhere else but um actually the mexican woman was lovely i'd love to see her again but why should she invest any time in me because i'm leaving i have three more weeks here and then the old show will move back to where i came from and where a lot of these stories started where i first (coughs) got involved with sex when do I s- first remember seeing something shocking sexual was actually probably uh, Dan next door we were in his basement sort of you know had kind of a bar built you know sort of semi rec room basement and I don't know I walked down to see him or something and he came out from behind the bar you know, with this big heart on. And, uh, you know, I was kind of really impressed because it did really look large and sticking out, you know. Um, I mean, it wasn't like we didn't do anything. And I don't know what happened after that. I think he just... I don't know what happened. It's the end of the memory. Just seeing it. He ended up getting, uh, I think, crippled in uh, the Vietnam War, unfortunately. So maybe, uh, uh, maybe he, well, we don't need to go into it. Power. 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 Submission. Sport. Competition. Up ahead. Down behind. Tops. Bottoms. Daddy. Little girl. Daddy. Little boy. Mommy. Mommy. Little boy. Is there sex without these strange power (coughs) games attached to it? I've been listening to actually something called Power Trip, a uh, multi-episode podcast (coughs) that I heard about because I listened to Douglas Rushkoff, um, Team Human, regularly and he had the uh, producers of this on. It's from New York Magazine. It's a podcast called Cover Story, and the first season is called Power Trip, and it's about psychedelics and sexual abuse, about people who have come to psychedelics and uh, particular leaders, uh, mentors, uh, therapists, Then exploit them uh, in their vulnerability to uh, use them for their sexual pleasure. So here we go again. It's just like the uh, cult thing, it's the same thing. We uh, humans have this thing for cult, for corporation, for power, for leaders. For somebody demanding and other people supplying, Um, it seems to be fairly ingrained. I like to assume it's just a bad road, just a a bad um, fork in the road that was taken some centuries ago and it's not really human nature. Now is it human nature or was it just a bad choice? So when uh, I was in the apple orchard with uh, those boys and uh, maybe my desire to be one of the boys was being exploited by my uh, sexual, uh, by by the older boy and uh, uh, My desire to be one of the boys and my sexual curiosity uh, was being exploited by one of the older boys and um, it was a power game. Maybe that's all it was to them. Let's see what we can make this little kid do. Let's see what we can get out of somebody. Let's see how far we can go. Let's see if we can push someone else to the edge and will be the pusher to the edge see I'm always afraid of this I know that there has a, a, an attraction toward the edge in me in some of the things that attract me sexually and I don't want to be in the position of putting pushing someone else toward that edge and Things can happen between two people where once something starts up and the brain chemicals and the the one person and the other person start going and, um, you know, we're both uh, kind of out of our minds after a while in this pursuit of sex, love, pleasure. Yeah, sometimes I look on it all. I mean, I've been, I guess I've been in the act. Sometimes when I felt like I could be able to pull away from it all and go, um, God, this is so ridiculous. Like, why are we doing this? A, we're not looking to uh, produce children. So the compulsion to do it, uh, if it's genetically uh, bound in any way to producing children, we don't want to do that. And of course the homosexual things don't have much to do with that. Uh, uh, maybe they do, who knows. Maybe it's just displaced. Oh, this is a nice creature, let's multiply with it, you know. And uh, Oh, it's another male, okay, well, uh, it was fun anyway. But, you know, the, the whole... The missionary position, for instance, is, is just... Uh, <clears throat> you know, it's not that comfortable to be on top. You're lying on someone, and then yet you're supposed to bring your uh, midsection up and down to go in and out. But yet you're lying on someone... Now, I usually resort to uh, kind of the, the uh, push-up position. So, I, my arms are extended. So, I'm, uh, I'm up away from her body, looking uh, down on her and uh, looking at more of her body, which I like too and then thrusting uh from there and actually you can even pull back and, and look at that too so you know whatever certainly the uh, visual uh part of it that uh, compels <clears throat> but anyway you know it's not that uh, fun of a position and it you know it can be tiring to be up on the arms and it's a uh, Uh, And then you can be on, uh, you can, they can be sitting on you and then they have to thrust their body up and down and, uh, you know, actually the, the, uh, kind of easiest one for both is just the standing doggy. I mean, it's, it's kind of, um, impersonal in that she's faced away and, um, or he, <clears throat> and you're entering from the uh, bent-over rear. You know, either in the anus or below the anus, if there happens to be a vaginal uh, area on your partner. So that's the, the you know kind of the really the most comfortable position. Or else, putting them on on the on a table or a bed, and also standing, and you know having it high enough that they reach um, that proper height that they can be kind of lying, uh, legs spread, looking upward uh, at you on a bed or a, or a uh, table that's high enough. Maybe a massage table. What do the massage tables do when they're not busy. I, mean, I guess they do have a lot of, uh, how big is the, uh, massage with a happy end compared to the regular massage business. So anyway, I, I'm going on with this, uh, sexual stuff. You know, figuring, okay, well, if this one is listened to, it'll, it'll uh, eliminate uh, a lot of people. And, you know, I want it to be uh, out front. I mean, I'm just, it's like, why can't, I'm in a position now where I can be out front about my sexuality because I'm kind of not in the game anymore, see? And one of the things that restricts it is if you want to stay in the game so you don't, like the bisexual thing. You know, I I hesitate to tell uh, every partner about it. A, it's minimal. It can be very minimal in the relationship depending on what the relationship is like and uh b it's uh what does it mean to somebody else it's confusing because i don't know what it means to me so i don't know what i should have it project to mean into them or even if any of that is possible but the last two uh female long-term lovers did know about that the last one the woman that I've been so broken hearted about, the very young one, was very supportive of that end of me, and uh, I would tell her when I went out and did things like that, when I went out uh, cruising, essentially, and what went on, more or less. And she approved of it, and she was very kind about all that. and. Uh, now, the, the relationship before that, I did not, I told her all about that aspect of myself before we got together. But then, when we did get together, I kind of played um, monogamous, which was not really the case, and didn't tell her when I would uh, cruise occasionally. So that's, you know, that's the, the fact of the matter is that I'll do it either way. Uh, of course, it's better that it is accepted. Um, so the last one is accepting of it, and that was just great. And uh, it helped me to accept it more, actually. And it helped me to explore more. I mean, it, it, during that relationship is when I actually started doing things like having oral sex with other men instead of just kind of showing off and teasing and having be the that be the end of it or you know some manual things so so yeah they they heard about it and approved so here and now I'm talking about it publicly and being 70 years old and kind of being and uh, uh, you know... <laughs> Well, you know, I'm used to younger lovers, and uh, I'm not really inclined to. I mean, my lovers have usually been women, and so I'm kind of now that I'm free. I'm well. A, it's good being free because I can be, I can live or die, and it doesn't matter to other people. But B. Um, I, I don't have to worry about what someone else thinks. And uh, kind of a high-pitched sound here in the park, oh, it's gone. Uh, so I'm not, uh, um, you know, I'm not looking to uh, hook up with somebody else. And if I do, I want them to know about this stuff and be maybe a little more wild themselves. So, uh, hell, maybe we can do fun, weird things, bisexual romps together that are a little more, uh, um, I don't know. It's not going to happen. The point is, now that it's basically over, I can tell because before I was afraid it would eliminate me from a great number of possibilities and limit my life. To, um, describe to people how limitless my life was in reality, um, and I didn't want that to happen, so it's been kind of a secret. So I think I will put this up, as well as links to that, um, thing about, uh, the, uh, psychedelic podcast, um. And there's another one on the, there was another one that is a 3HO woman, a young woman who was in that cult uh, as a child. And, uh, you know, it it ended up being a cult that that part of what was going on was the uh, old man guru, was fucking around with the young women. Just like this book I just read, The uh, Guru's Touch, Um, uh, this uh, Yogi Bhajan in this uh, situation. So, um, you know, another case of power and sex. Men wanting power and getting women to submit to sex with them. And this is a big game going on. And I don't think it's particularly fun, and I don't want to do it. And I suppose I have been involved in doing it before. I suppose I have used whatever power I had to gain sex with someone that was my was my uh, success from Jolly Ramy and how my last lover saw. Uh, became a fan of the band before meeting me, was that an an abuse of power? Um, Was, is is just detecting someone's uh, vulnerability and seeing that's how how a slot where you can enter, is that uh, somehow exploiting that vulnerability for, you know, your own uses? Is there sex and pleasure? without abuse and power trips. I don't know. You tell me. So what have I been talking about here? The interactions between people um, physically, sexually, intellectually, games of power Yeah, I don't like the games of power. I don't like people using their power over me to exploit me or get me to do things. I don't want to do this to other people. I see no appeal in trying to do that. If I notice that I might want to do that, if I feel tempted to want that. I, I will back away so I don't have to go through with it. <clears throat> Whereas some other people are entitled and they plow right ahead. So at this point I have to ask myself what do I want from other people, physically, emotionally, in business, <clears throat> I want—I um, want other people to think I'm smart. That's one thing. Yeah, I want you—I want you to think I was—I was kind of smart. Uh, I want you to listen to what I'm saying. I want people who are listening to my podcast to continue to listen to it. If they find something about it that um, uh, interests them. I don't think it's entertainment, but it might be of interest. I'm not feeling up for a lot of intimate interaction right now. But, you know, that always changes. It's one of these things just like uh, booze or a pot or whatever other kind of, it's like, oh, that's the last time. I'm done with it. <clears throat> I'm done with love. I'm through with love. I'll never fall again. a adieu to love. You know, whatever. <clears throat> And then, of course, something comes up and uh, alters that whole picture. So, who knows? Maybe somebody will pop up. I I use Tinder just for another kind of social media thing. I actually have the podcast listed on Tinder as uh, in my uh, bio. So, some of the few people who actually listen to the podcast are from Tinder and down here in Mexico with me. So that's an interesting aspect to the whole thing. But, um, so, you know, yeah, I mean, I see people and I'm like, okay, well, but, uh, you know, I'm kind of a little shut down on vacation now after the one-two of uh, my brother and uh, the relationship that I exited uh, because I felt too old. And yet I'm still too old and I'm even too older and I'm too freer now that my brother's gone. I'm free uh, of uh, having to live for my brother anyway. You know, we don't want to... uh, disturb younger siblings by our activities so uh, he's undisturbable anymore so the takeaway here is yeah I've been oddly bisexual and I had this really bad incident uh, being caught with these other boys when I was quite young in the apple orchard and that that really kinda screwed me up for a long time. And that, uh, made me ashamed of my sexuality. It made me ashamed of the, uh, you know, the the, uh, whatever natural uh, bisexual parts of me there was but yet made it even more intriguing, but only in these specific sorts of situations with this audience and with this aspect of possibly being caught in certain situations. I'm not a pervert. I don't do criminal things like expose myself to people and stuff like that, but uh, just to make sure we're clear on what's going on here. fellow humans, you, uh, you kind of frighten me. And I'm, uh, I admit I'm a little put off by everything that goes down and watching the timeline, how things seem to really not get that much better. And, uh, and yeah, sex. I mean, look at all the people. That's an undeniable part of sex. Maybe we should really uh, pull back on the sex promotion. <clears throat> Support autonomy promotion or something like uh, yeah, the individuality again. Let's let's promote individuality and not the family. Yeah i i uh, I'm confused it all just confuses me and um uh, <clears throat> but there sure are a fuck of a lot of people, and they all got here well most of them got here through sex, and I wish it would uh Settle down a little bit. And I'm uh, glad it's settled down in me. And uh, you know, I don't know wh- where it is. And uh, I'm not lusting after any If I lust after anyone, it's women. If I look at anyone, it's women. It's never men. Men don't appeal to me in kind of any way, really. Other than you know, sexually, when we get down to the uh, primary uh, part, I guess, which is, you know, it's very strange. So... that's This is what I've had to live with, uh, you know, my whole life here. So, you know, I'm telling a, a truth of something that uh, I don't understand. So... I hope you, when you get to be my age, whatever age you are now, reach a, uh, a point of enlightenment and you understand yourself and the world around you enough that it's not just all kind of frightening and unappealing. It's really good if we can see the beauty and joy in life. Isn't it? Please see the beauty and joy in life. There is beauty and joy in this very moment, in everything around you. It's all lit up with life and light and energy. And it's there for you. Well, I know it's all TMI, TMI, TMI. Too much information. But you know, I have this one little human life and uh, it's not gonna go on forever. And, uh, all these other humans are running around, not really telling everybody what they're really like, um, just sort of, you know, playing a show, and, and, and that's fine, everybody else can be like that, because, you know, I can now be like this, call it exhibitionistic, call it whatever you want, but, uh, It is too much information, but it is information about, you know, what's somebody is really like. And, uh, you know, it's funny because when you talk about things like this, they tend to get overblown as if uh, sex is, uh, you know, the major part of my life. Well, it's a minor part of my life, you know. Daily part? Yeah, probably one way or another either sort of vaguely looking for it or thinking about it or, you know, not looking for it in the flesh, but I mean looking for it in some sort of online presentation or something or other. I am squeamish about porn though. Oh, and I have a feeling about that. I I think that people should participate in porn if they want to watch it. So if you want to watch women uh, suck dick in pornography. You should be willing to go down on women in pornography as well, or suck dick. All right, that's the uh, that's the deal. Or at least show you know what you got. <clears throat> so there are participatory things. There's chatter bait at any rate too much information um yeah it's what people are like i mean you know so so you know most i guess it it sort of augments my fantasies to talk about this it uh, highlights a part of life but you know yet this is only going to be one of my episodes and the rest are going to be all about different things so uh What I'm trying to say is, when it comes down to it, not that much goes on sexually in my life. It's more an interior intellectual thing, which, you know, most things are at this point. They're intellectual and digital and uh, not so physical, as well as this. This uh, podcast, this voice, it's not uh, my voice rattling out of my uh, hollow body right at you in the flesh with all my spittle coming out with my words and uh, my popped peas and uh, so on and so forth. No, this is just digital information it's plus and minuses all piled together very quickly to make a code a code that sounds like my name when you decode it somehow i don't i don't know what the hell's going on i i don't uh, i don't understand the world you know basically that's the message of my podcast that I don't really understand what's going on in the world. I don't understand myself. I have weird impulses that have led me <clears throat> down a garden path in life to, uh, where I am now. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, Not the greatest thing in the world, but not the worst thing in the world. And, uh, this is just a human rehashing. I guess, what am I calling for here? What am I asking for politically from you citizens of the world, human beings? I'm asking to, to uh, lighten up a little bit maybe more touching so every little touch is not so worth shaking and is not so worth rattling. And um, a lot more touching and a lot more having sex that isn't uh, connected to property and value and self-worth and money, money, money. Did I augment the part about how... Basically it's money and the need for physical security that money uh, gives you that has destroyed my relationships because I don't have a good relationship with money and security. I can't have a relationship with other people because I'm going to dump my insecurity on them. I can tolerate the insecurity, but other people cannot. So if I dump myself on someone's life, as insecure as I'm willing to be, they feel like jumping in and taking up the slack and protecting me and taking care of me and sustaining me. And that is not really the project here. It's not what I'm ultimately about, I'm about. Being alive and free in the moment Sending out too much information digitally This side This side This side of nowhere